0: RadioInfluence.com
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark to Life podcast with...
2: Not-So-Chilly Val and...
1: Beans! Not-So-Chilly Val, what is it there now?
2: Oh, I don't know, it felt like, it felt like the 30s. I, I, I walked down the basement and exactly what I'm wearing right now. And yeah, feels, feels felt great.
1: We're supposed to hit back up into the seventies this week. Finally, after that insane chilly, gross yuckiness that we dealt with but over the past.
2: This weekend is going to be, yeah, for, for new years up here, we're going to be in the fifties and on Monday and Tuesday, I think even though rain is coming in, I saw 57, close to 60.
1: Not bad. Not bad. No. Not bad at all. I don't like yeah so we have a bunch to talk about today we're gonna talk about the carry lake order and then the appeal that's incoming we're going to talk about the new intro to to the covid twitter files that's dropping and and the problems surrounding all of that not necessarily from twitter's perspective but from a people who haven't understood this perspective because that's something we need to chat about there's a, a couple other miscellaneous bits of news, but I think those two topics will take us pretty pretty far in into the, the discussion today. So what do you want to start with, the COVID stuff or the Carrie Lake stuff?
2: Oh, let's go COVID, please.
1: All right, we'll start COVID. You spun the wheel and here we are. So, the first thread on how Twitter censored, and rigged the COVID debate, as David Zweig says, the, 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 the gentleman who threaded this out for the Twitter files, is basically just the, it, it's the basics of what they did to stop people from being able to talk about what was actually happening with COVID, um, censoring studies uh, banning people with dissident thoughts you know uh epidemiologists kicked out people who were citing cdc data on masking banned misinformation labels put on things all the things that that if you've been listening to the show for any length of time you you know about um a, a lot of stuff on vaccines and whether or not they were safe you know all the all the things that Have happened, but it's the very basics of it. It's a lot of individual users who were censored, um, things like that. The bigger story to me, though, is that this isn't merely the censoring of information. It's the fact that people died as a direct result of it. This is not we're gonna censor you because you're talking about a political candidate we don't like, even though you could argue, you know, that has its own trickle down. This is, we're gonna stop people from hearing information that could save their lives. And we're instead going to force them to hear information that if they follow, will kill them. And it did. And so to me, it's a much greater issue than just, oh, somebody got censored off of Twitter for saying something, you know, outside of the party line what do you think
2: think that was my exact uh point that i made yesterday on my show my exact point i said i you know we can we can talk again about what is surprising and what we're now seeing in any any you know significant way but what this really comes down to is it's um we're discussing murder it's not it's not censorship per se uh, it, censorship is a big part of it. It's a tool through which the murder was delivered. But um, this is murder. Hundreds of thousands of people died because there was only um, there was no options. There's no the the whole the whole idea. They keep saying the COVID conversation. You can go and have a conversation. I I, I don't I hate, I hate just stop talking about conversations here. We're talking about people's options that were intentionally suppressed so that they could go into hospital systems that had only one prescribed protocol that was deadly and 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 forget and forget about everything else that was going on the fact that they that fact that they wanted to go and attack trump which again was not a secret we saw all of the networks come bear down on donald trump because in the early goings of 2020 he took a very practical and um and upbeat stance and hopeful stance and he was he was giving people too much confidence that is something it's incredible they wanted people scared and they needed to have a death toll that was going to um, perpetuate the fear so um, that's what this is really all about it's murder and you have to keep that in mind when you read this because otherwise it's not that very impressive
1: no and it's a it's a greater story and I was talking about the difference between groups of people, right? So I was on a Twitter Spaces, one of the bigger ones that does spaces all the time um, with Mario Nafal, and I was in the middle of trying to discuss, because they were all discussing, well, why would they do this? Why? What was the end result? Why, why, why? And I was trying to discuss the different ramifications that came from this policy and and, and COVID as a whole, and I was kicked from the space in the middle of that discussion, which You know, I guess, I don't know, whatever. But we have to talk about it like this. He tweeted directly afterwards, what makes the Twitter file so important is the transparency, stop politicizing it. And this is the deal. You can't stop politicizing something that is overtly political in nature. And I don't mean Republican and Democrat, right? This was a geopolitical psychological operation. Do you think, really, that the people, the high-level scientists and epidemiologists and all of these governments around the world that have perpetrated this absolute madness on their citizens didn't know that masks don't work to stop COVID? Come on now.
2: Yeah, C- that, that, this is one of my major criticisms about the people. I'm, I understand why someone like Elon Musk would want to get these, um, th- these materials into the hands of uh, all, not necessarily mainstream journalists but they still they still have they still have uh, a huge level of naivete here um i don't know if they're just being naive or i don't know if yeah. uh, what but to say things like that is it, it actually it makes everything what you're doing everything that we're doing moot because it was a attack a geopolitical attack on the on the on the uh, the world as you said
1: it, it, it's, it's so important like to understand, even if you look at, at COVID at, from a 30,000 foot view, the amount to unpack surrounding it is insane. And like Truth Social, for example, my friends over on Truth Social, your friends on Truth Social, they understand this to a level that's much different than folks on Twitter do. I, I Being back on Twitter, it's very clear. There's a, obviously a very large swath of people who get this on Twitter. But not there's a lot of people that don't. I was in the space and before I was kicked out, um, they do have people from both sides of the aisle on these spaces. And I think it was one of the Krasenstein brothers who was up there. He's back? Yes.
2: Oh no. Yeah, Those so he mute, was mute mutant incestuous twins. He was are in back?
1: the he was in the space and he was saying, Well, you know, there were peer reviewed studies that that, you know, we couldn't cite to peer review studies. And I said, Hold the boat. Shut
2: up. Shut up, mutant.
1: But hold the boat though. D- does nobody remember what the Lancet did? They were they were removing and and changing peer-reviewed accepted studies on counter narratives so that there was no peer-reviewed literature to say anything but what the what the what the narrative was was programmed out to be. You couldn't get your hands on a even a study in preprint, a lot of times that was peer reviewed. That that you, how do you, how do you do, how do you counter the um, quote Stasi narrative if you can't use any of the data that uh, you know scientists are, are and and doctors are publishing because journals that are highly respected won't publish them for fear of pissing off the establishment. Who kicked you? Mario did.
2: Ma- Who's Mario?
1: He runs the spaces, Mario Naufal, Nawfal, N A W F A L. I think he was just upset because I was my point that I was making is that look at what COVID did to the world. Just in America alone, it changed forever the way we conduct our elections. That's a fact.
2: And it's only benefiting one party, by the way.
1: Precisely. Precisely, But that is a fact of life. It is what happened. They used COVID as a mechanism to usher in universal mail-in voting in this country. They used COVID as an excuse to keep one of the candidates who could barely stand on his feet in his basement all the time. They, they used COVID to downplay public support for said candidate because there was none. So they just used COVID as an excuse for why people weren't there. They used COVID... As it, and, and then not only that, but like we talked about the George. I said George Floyd had six funerals when a grand a, a, a family couldn't even bury their parents who died during COVID because they were stuck in a nursing home where people weren't supposed to be congregated, like in in New York or or Michigan. And and I was I was kicked out for saying these things, but this is the truth. You cannot expect transparency and and discuss a drop of information that purports to be transparency for something that absolutely was responsible for millions of people potentially dying. And then not let people talk about the politics of it when governments all, the look at Australia, Canada, China, Italy, all of these governments, the Netherlands, every government around the world made this political. It is overtly political.
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: So people need to understand the COVID crisis who don't. And there are a lot of people that don't. There was an anesthesiologist on this space that I was on who didn't, she just wasn't there in terms of what the real happenings were, what the real information was. She was starting to understand that something wasn't right and something isn't right, which a lot of people are. And I don't, I'm not angry with people. I think that it's our responsibility to then explain to folks what happened, right? Not to get mad and say, who are you, blah, blah, blah. Because there's gonna be swaths of people that are coming around to this as we move along. Those people are imperative to get good information to. And I I mean, I don't know, Frank, we have covered this extensively over the past several years, me and you together. Many, 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 many shows dedicated to this. Uncover DC. Some people are like, all they do is talk about COVID. One of the things we only talked about was COVID, yes, because it is one of the most important, it touched every single man, woman, child, and unborn, just a glimmer in mom and dad's eye, human being on this planet. The biggest travesty we've ever experienced, and that's just COVID as a whole, let's not get into the vaccine program because that is another level of a crime against humanity
2: yeah yeah
1: it's 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 imperative that if we have our voices back on a platform like twitter where we can reach people we couldn't reach before that we talk about this stuff and explain it to people with patience and understanding but we can't ban people who start to say something that like you can't continue that you can't perpetuate that so with all that being said we're doing our own spaces
2: well, that's, well I thought that spaces was something that you can do on your own you can yeah okay so, so that's well then it has to be built up it needs to be because uh now if they start sh- if, if Twitter as a whole starts shutting down and uh suppressing alternative spaces that are, are are willing to go that extra mile and actually talk because this is the equivalent of of uh of wanting to get to the bottom of the Russia situation but never never um really addressing fusion gps
1: or the dnc leak
2: and a dnc leak like we got to talk about russia we have to pick this one apart we have to exonerate the president but we're all going to agree that russia
1: hacked the dnc
2: hacked the dnc and attacked our country we just need to we just need to get on the same page as americans now get the hell out of here
1: no and and and, and twitter is not censoring spaces
2: First of all, first of all, it's becoming a mainstream question as to the origins of COVID-19, where the funding came from, why it was offloaded from the United States to China, the people behind it, their history. How could you ever, how can you ever uh, separate intent or politics or anything like that, geopolitics? How can you separate that from the question? You can't. So, I mean, so again, there's the origins of like, at what point? Do we start talking about this if not at the ground level and how do you strip everything that all the considerations and all the predicting and all the game planning and simulations that went into things on the ground level how do you strip all that away to be able to safely i don't know take we, uh, what the hell's the point of disclosing anything then
1: precisely what i said it, you couldn't have said it better honestly and i said the twitter files are revolutionary and a massive leap forward but you can't discuss them in a vacuum in a vacuum you can't discuss oh look what twitter did with the fbi and the cia and the odni and the like to to do that and maybe i don't know maybe People don't understand how American, the American political system works, but we're the last quote free country really in the world right now, and we're not. We have an out of control, unelected, unaccountable, intelligence state running things. And it's now just being exposed this much in writing what we've been saying all this time, and it encompasses literally every bit of American life, and that is political. So the Twitter files are inherently political. You cannot separate politics from them. To do so would be to learn literally nothing. And so if we need to do it ourselves, we will. But there needs to be a 30,000 foot outlined view of COVID. Why they did it, what the what the the fallout was. You know, not so much talking about this mass formation, psychosis nonsense stuff, but that's what i want to do and so the twitter files are coming there's going to be a lot more that comes out it's all going to be beneficial information it's all going to be important but it's it's overtly political and to say that it isn't is just to be either uninformed or purposefully obtuse i i don't know which my my opinion so that's the COVID stuff um let's go to the lake lawsuit we're going to play a clip really quickly because the judge came out with his order on, I think it was Friday. After having this thing for two days, Frank, after saying he needed five, he slapped together an order that um, basically ruled against Carrie Lake on both of the counts. But in his order, didn't cite any of the actual evidence that was exposed in the in the case. It was it was I was going to go through and like analyze his order and then prove the points he made were false with testimony because I have gotten the transcripts of both. You're things.
2: talking about the dismissal that we got on Christmas Eve?
1: Yeah. Um. And I told everybody, look, this is going to be here on Monday or Tuesday. I'm not going to touch it right now. I'm going to enjoy Christmas and just like do my thing with my family. Um. But. There is no evidence that he used in his. Order. He basically just said, oh, Carrie Lake's own witness said that if Clay Parik, by the way, one of the one of the points I focused on anyway, said that if if a ballot was rejected by the tabulator, duplicated, it could have been counted. But that it so 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 the whole 19-inch image on a 20-inch paper is moot, basically. That's that's BS. Because what they missed was a massive section of that back and forth questioning between both attorneys and this witness clay Perique where clay Perique said I couldn't I couldn't review the duplicated ballots because chain of custody procedure wasn't followed and they weren't with the originals so he was able to view the original ballot that had the original votes voted on it the 19-inch ballot on a 20-inch paper that couldn't be read by the tabulator because it was 19 inches and not 20 inches and the tabulators weren't configured to read 19 inches. He didn't have the duplicated ballot. So, and and they, they basically glossed over this on, on the defense's side. They said like, oh, they're duplicated. You understand, there needs to be a human being that sits down and copies those votes over by hand and then runs that through the tabulator, Right. When you duplicate a ballot, a ballot that's what happens.
2: I I, 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 me personally, I wouldn't. You know, the thing that keeps popping up for me as I was watching whatever I did watch of that uh, that trial, and I asked Rich about it uh, yesterday. Was how is it that you only give? How is it that someone like Carrie Lake only has five days to pull together an appeal of the entire election itself? But at multiple times during that during the trial people are saying that they're still doing root cause analysis all these weeks later yep so how could there where where was there ever a chance for there to be a conclusion and if you're doing root cause analysis root cause analysis of what
1: of of how these issues happened in the right,
2: election but, what, but, but okay so then there's issues oh
1: yes they are and, yes. and
2: trying to get to, and you're trying to get to the bottom of them then why, why are we here? What, what are we talking about? No, nothing makes sense. And and of course, when you see a, a judge, I just don't know if it's because it's Christmas and because every other meaningful case that has to do with election results has been passed up and judges have sat on their hands. Much higher courts have sat on their own hands and let it go by because they don't want to be the ones to rock the boat in any meaningful way. And this is a very meaningful way to overturn a gubernatorial election. When it's When he says that there's no... Uh, there, there wasn't sufficient evidence. When I, I mean, it seemed like time stopped a few times that that the witnesses fell apart and that the defense. It, it was just incredible. I, um, at, at the same time, not not surprising.
1: I focused on two different major issues in here, and I, I we did. I, I focused on how Stephen Richer perjured himself. That was number one that I focused on using using the transcripts and and information. They, he was asked overtly at the end if he started, he was asked if he opposed Lake for governor. He didn't really answer. He waffled around it and said, I didn't say anything publicly about Lake until after the election. And then he was asked if he ran a political action committee that was opposed and spent money opposing any client for governor. He said that's 100% false. And I went into some of it, Thanks to a few generous donors, he says, this is now launching. Join me if you care about traditional Republican stuff, um, but also don't believe in conspiracies about the 2020 election or that January 6th was a tourist event. So he's one of those. He's one of those. And I looked at his top donor. The guy's name is Francis Najafi. And he, he spent almost a hundred and I don't know, $30,000 donating to Hobbs, the DNC and, and, and Act Blue. So yeah, I'm sure you, you were all like, woohoo for freaking Carrie Lake, you moron. Anyway, moving along from there, Jarrett, Jarrett was the guy who testified that, that you remember this, Frank he'd never heard of it's impossible for a 19 inch ballot image to print on a 20 inch paper they had no 19 inch ballots um configured he hadn't heard of that happening anywhere on election day he he would have to speculate to even get to the point where he could make any assumption about what would have happened if a 19 inch ballot was run through a tabulator they finally pinned him down and he said that would have been a quote mistake He used the word mistake very specifically because if he would have said uh, error or problem or anything like that, then intentionality could have been assigned to it, which the judge erroneously required for this hearing. So he used the word mistake. Then his attorney got up and cross-examined him and tried to dig him out of his own perjury hole, which didn't really work. And then the next day on the stand, he goes and admits it, D- during his direct examination from his attorney after Clay Perik comes out and says 14 of 15 spoiled ballots that we looked at were f- 19 inch ballot images on a 20 inch paper it would the only way it could happen is intentionally there's two different intentional ways it could happen I'd need a forensic exam to figure it out here's what what it is
2: and did I miss it did they uh, did they, were there any ballot printing? Errors like this in any significant way in any other county.
1: They didn't look at what? A, a, other counties. It was really Maricopa. They had, had Maricopa, but,
2: but in, and that's because that that is pretty much six. I saw sixty percent of the votes. The states
1: voting at least. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. And you know the problem is is that during during the examination of Parikh, and we talked about this, but we'll go over it really quickly again. He was asked. Like he asked to see, he asked to see the duplicated ballots from these originals that were not scanned properly or weren't tabulated. And Jarrett, the very guy that denied that any of this happened at all and had no knowledge of 19-inch ballots printing on 20-inch paper, completely denied it all. Was the one working with Parikh at the voting center, and he told him it was going to take at least a week for them to find. the the ballots that were duplicated from the erroneously tabulated ones that had the problem, that not only does that prove the issue with the ballot images and the printing problems, but it proves their chain of custody case at the same time. Chain of custody is not being followed at all. They can't even look at what these ballots, the duplicate, like how do we know who they were filled out for? They could have filled them all out for Katie Hobbs. Nobody knows. Anyway, I put the two testimonies next to each other at the end here in this thread, which I encourage everybody to read and I'll put in the show notes because it goes through all of this in detail. Took me the entire day, gladly would would do it again. There's two different things. One thing here, Parikh said this, they were trying to, they came up with this excuse, Frank, that a shrink to fit would have caused this problem. Like some technician at the main printer or at a printer could have knocked the printer and caused it to do the shrink to fit thing that would cause the ballot to shrink and show up wrong on on the on the print that was their excuse for it all but Parikh makes a great point here he says Mr. Liddy's assumptions of a shrink to fit are inaccurate and to boot or to further on add if a ballot definition is 20 inches and you print it on 20 inch paper shrink to fit will do nothing The margins will be exactly the same as they are in a regular ballot and they should be tabulated. Because what are you shrinking to fit? Everything is programmed for 20. Right. So that that, that excuse doesn't even work that they pulled out of their asses. Excuse my French. So perjury. Perjury is here at the end. Jared on day one versus Jared on day two. On day one, He's asked, I want to go back to the earlier question about the 19-inch ballot image being placed on a 20-inch paper. Did you hear of any reports of that occurring in the 2022 general election? I did not. Question, okay, if that occurred, would that be a failure of Maricopa County's election process? I'm not aware of it occurring, and I'd be surprised if there was a ballot on a printer that had a 19-inch ballot on it. He's not aware of it occurring. Meanwhile, the next day, we find out, we did identify three different locations that had a fit-to-paper setting that was adjusted on election day. And he goes into detail about which vote centers that was. And he's in the middle of a root cause analysis on it. So, what? There's another perjury that's even worse than that. He says also, besides what I just read, if a 19-inch ballot image was printed out on a um, a 20-inch paper, would the would the would the tabulator accept it or reject it? And he says, I would have to speculate to even have an answer to that question. And then the next day,
2: but do you really have to speculate? This is a technical question.
1: He's being obtuse on purpose. This is such a, bullshit. Of course. I, what time is
2: it? I'd speculate.
1: I'd have if to you speculate. Pr- if,
2: you, if you put sugar and orange juice in your gas tank, if you put granulated sugar and orange juice in your car's gas tank, what would happen?
1: I couldn't even possibly possibly think of anything like that. I'd have to completely wildly speculate, Frank, to know I'd what would happen. I'd
2: have to speculate. I would have to speculate. I mean, but I-, I think the car would go faster.
1: Like, so stupid. So he perjured himself, like, to the point where the judge, it, for the judge not to even note that this was the case is just, it's, a, it's absurd. It's just absurd. Now, they filed for sanctions against Carrie Lake. They wanted a half a million dollars in legal fees from her for this case because it went to trial and they didn't win. I mean, and they won. They wanted her to pay her the legal fees. The judge yesterday knocked down the sanction, said no, there was merit to this case. It wasn't a, you know, case where someone pulled something out of their butthole and then all of a sudden they're here. So she's not getting her sanctions. Half a million. So... Now so goes, now, now,
2: now, what did that was a that was a superior court, and now it now it's going to go to the state supreme court in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I mean they filed a notice of appeal. They didn't file the appeal yet. I I would expect the appeal by tomorrow, Friday, the latest. But I expect it by tomorrow, and they'll appeal this until they can't appeal it anymore, and hopefully something.
0: Happens. What does
2: what do, have you analyzed or looked into? What the, the the makeup and the likelihood of finding a revolutionary uh in, in a good way a revolutionary patriot of a judge or the, uh, or a collection of judges on the superior level, uh, the uh, supreme level in Arizona? Do they have a reliable Supreme Court, or are they are they just as trustworthy as every other court in the country?
1: I haven't looked into it yet, but I have to I have to. I have to say this, here's the problem we have right now. We have people who think this, hold on. We have people who think that judges are supposed to be doing things like what I'm looking for right now. Hold on, sorry, bear with me, bear with me. Um somebody said basically the judge in this case was playing checkers or chess while Carrie Lake is playing checkers. And uh, and they basically said the judge is trying to like, you know, get Carrie Lake and and rightfully so. And I said, "So that's what you think judge's role is supposed to be in this country?"
2: To- oh, that's com- that's commentary coming from a a, a a lefty or somebody who doesn't like Carrie Lake. Yeah, they see they see this as a competition between a judge who could only ever represent their side of things and Carrie Lake, who is just some conniving uh, third grader who doesn't know what kind of forces she's up against.
1: Y- yeah, basically, um, and I'm I'm like nice. the I, l- I like
2: that world. What a nice world that is.
1: The fact that that is what people think that judges should be doing playing chess against one side while the other side, like that, that is to completely discard the justice system as it's supposed to be. And has it supposed to be run. And I can't find it for some reason. I tweeted about it.
2: I mean, it's, it's not, it's just once again, how, how do people just even view reality? And this is why we're in such bad shape and are going to be for uh, quite a, I don't know, generations longer. Um, It's when you think about just the nature of a courtroom, it is a battle between plaintiff and defendant. You have an issue that has been brought to a court so that a mediating body can listen to both sides and neutrally apply the law. So for people to look at for people to even look at settings like this and go, "Wow, man, the judge is playing chess. And Carrie Lake is playing checkers. Just goes to show how stupid the people that we live around really are, and and, and a dangerous kind of stupid that you are going in there to play against the judge. They, they, what was this blackjack? It, I, it, I don't, I don't, I don't even get it. So we,
1: we do it, the it, same thing, not not that way. But we have to look at who was the judge appointed by. What previous decisions have they made? Have they been like that? Should not be the case in this country. We shouldn't have to worry. About our judges being political activists or not having the set of balls required to do the right thing, like not every judge is Kyle Rittenhouse's judge. I don't know.
2: It what it comes, what it comes down to is really, and they and they would say, well, the same. Well, you don't root for a side or anything. like, no, 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 no. The the whole the whole point is that. Yeah, understanding the culture that we are living in right now, and understanding what's going on around us, we we need to take certain things into consideration when trying to ascertain what our chances of having a favorable outcome are. But the real question is, what is favorable? Is that subjective? And it is not subjective if you're if you're uh, if you're honest about where you live and what the rule of law is, and what you're trying to what you're trying to preserve for a nation or a city or anything where you anywhere where you live and you're trying to preserve individual rights you're trying to preserve integrity of whatever uh governmental institutions are necessary i'm not mm-hmm. talking about preserving you know agencies like the fbi but i'm talking about just basic things elections elections immigration uh you know any of the any of the things that we have been have set up for ourselves uh in a limited government sense i mean that right there is an objective thing are we going to apply the law to preserve where we live and for some people that is that is not objective they they have been brought up with a, a world view that is constantly seeking to whittle away and dissolve that that world to dissolve that world at every chance it has
1: yeah it's and and, um which is basically the anarchy the commune commune you know anarcho-communism that 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 they're looking for on the on the left um i have well
2: that's 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 an oxymoron (laughs) anarcho-communism but yeah i know what you mean
1: I'm looking for this tweet. I have to find the way it was written. It's driving me insane because it's important. And I tweeted about it, I think, in the middle of... Here it is. No, I mean, I hope the judge set Carrie up to thoroughly embarrass her. I think he sort of did that when he dropped all but the two hardest-to-prove-chain charges. Lake is playing checkers while the judge is playing 4-D chess.
2: Oh, how pathetic. You know what's the most pathetic about that statement is the person thinks that they are they really get it. And they're they're giving everybody a really cutting commentary and and, and analysis of what's going on right here. The fact that they think that that is like, they get it, is pathetic.
1: It's pathetic. I just read that. I said, the fact you think this is the role of the judge is terrifying in and of itself. Like, that's not how it's supposed to work. Like at all. I, I mean, it really is. So I don't look, Let's see what happens with this appeal. I said it from the beginning, no matter what, it's being appealed. Whether they went won or lost, it was being appealed. The judge knew it was going to be appealed. How he came to his decision in two days after he made such a point to proclaim how he needed five, the entire time is beyond me with all of the things he had to read and review and look over and all of these issues. If you did a real honest review of this case, you do not do it in a day. You don't. You don't. So and then release your decision on Christmas Eve. Like, come on, man. Really? So we'll keep following this. Um the Hamaday case, by the way. The Hamaday case was dismissed. The I saw The very end of it, where the attorney was basically sitting there telling the judge he couldn't prove his own case, and I just shut it off. Because I'm like, that was less than 500 votes and had the same issues. But they took the tack of saying, oh, there was no intentional fraud. Nobody did this on purpose. This was just a big mistake. See? So it was much different. I was very disappointed with the way this attorney was talking on this, in this hearing. And I'm glad I didn't cover it live and I had appointments because I would have been very angry, very angry. So that's that, that's what we've got there.
2: That is that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we've still got a bunch of other things going on. I don't know if you saw this representative in New York who lied about literally everything there was to talk about in his campaign.
2: You know, I saw I, I saw some things trending. I said, okay, why is everybody talking about this Santos guy? I clicked on it. He lied about being Jewish. He lied about it. And I just clicked right off. I said, I just don't care. Good. Uh, Go I, ahead.
1: I don't know why Tulsi Gabbard is filling in for Tucker Carlson.
2: It's, I, I just, what? I have no, I have no I have no tolerance for it anymore. I just don't care. Kick him out, kick everybody out. Let everybody, everybody's, uh, everybody's pretending to be something, so whatever. Why can't he pretend to be Jewish?
3: Now, permanent Washington has- Tulsi Gabbard is the filling in for- Don't Tucker trust these politicians. Carlson. They've got no faith. It's a Let's listen to some interviews of his since interview, because why so, not? George Santos joins us now. Congressman-elect Santos, thank you for joining us today. Um, First question I really want to ask you now that all of this has been refi- revealed is, what does the word integrity mean to you?
0: Oh God, she's a bad host. Well, Tulsi, thank you for having me. You know, uh,
1: why do they have Tulsi Gabbard filling in for Tucker Carlson?
0: What a terrible way to start a, start it off.
1: Like, why ask? Yeah, yeah, okay, hold on.
0: So, oh, um, to, to answer your question, integrity is very important, and like I, I said to the new york post embellish what, what does my resume it mean though what does
3: it mean because the the meaning of well, the word actually pull out what does a freaking it mean? dictionary what is it, what is being al-
2: hey what does being alive mean to you <laughs> uh tracy if, if you can put it into a nutshell what is what does being alive mean to you
1: <laughs> well frank let me let me try and
2: tracy tracy can you describe going to the bathroom. When you do, what does it mean to you to go to the bathroom? Uh,
3: I. Actually matters <laughs> in practice.
0: Of course, it, it means to, to carry yourself in an honorable way. And I made a mistake. And I think humans a are flawed. We all make mistakes, Tulsi. Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life.
1: I accidentally lied about my entire life to get elected.
0: Whoops, (laughs) I said I was Jewish.
1: I said I was Jewish and that my grandparents like were Nazi survive, I mean, survived the Nazis. I said I graduated from a school I didn't graduate from. I said I worked at a company I didn't work from. It was a temporary lapse of judgment. Please, by all means, just grant me my one mistake.
2: I, I thought, last week I th- I was confused. I thought I was a Zoroastrian last week.
0: <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about, uh, forgot about everything. Here. we made a mistake i'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see and i have the courage to do so because i believe that in order to move past this and move forward and be an effective member of congress i have to face my mistakes and i'm facing them Um, the reality is is that i remain committed to doing everything i set forward in my campaign i'm not a fraud i'm not a fake I, i i didn't materialize from thin air i worked damn hard to get where I got my entire life life wasn't easy it didn't start off easy as I've said it
1: how do we know how do we know look at the face I don't know if you can't see the face if the face he's got on right now is that politician smirk they make when they're lying about everything
2: yeah he looks he looks he looks very very Jewish right now though
0: here. Many, many times I come from abject poverty. <gasps> I made some mistakes and I own up to them. The, and now I want to put the this thing past is, me so I can deliver for the American people. The thing is, Mr. Thing Santos, is you elect, said you were uh, a Jew, so how could you have been poor?
2: <laughs> <laughs> she starts getting herself into trouble with the stereotypes, too. That's that's the she only way would make this watchable. No, no, I'm just saying oh. that's, the only thing, that's what would make this watchable if she's starting saying things and they start making mistakes together.
3: Hold on, here we go. Integrity means, yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. Of and if I were you... one of those in New York's third district right now, now that the election is over and I'm finding out all of these lies- You're not campaigning, Tulsi. just one you, little you're... lie or one little embellishment. These are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? <laughs>
2: What I listen, there are so many ways that this guy is a sitting duck from what from what little I know about this, because I like I said, I see it trending all over the place and I got the gist. But this guy is a sitting duck. These questions from Tulsi are ridiculous. All you have to do is ask just technical questions about what the statements he's made. And it—it's—he's going to look bad enough, but to ask these stupid questions, these rhetorical questions—have you no shame? You no shame. (laughs) If he were Jewish and lied about being a Catholic, would that? I wonder what—I wonder what that would have been like. But then again, it doesn't seem to be any uh, political advantage to being a Catholic these days.
1: Like he'll go on Tucker Carlson's show with Tulsi Gabbard and get the softball Democrat questions. I'm just, I just don't
2: understand, but it it is fascinating. Uh, uh, Compulsive liars are very fascinating, as much as they are dangerous and you need to keep away with them, keep away from them as soon as you'd identify them. But the the compulsive nature of this, and because it makes no sense there too, first of all he's he's obviously hispanic i mean if you're talking about if you're talking about a, an edge people if we're going to go superficial political edges here that's a box that could be checked to all you need to be is is jew friendly all you need to be is jew friendly supportive of israel that's another box box checked politically that everybody on both sides uses it, why a- why did he have to be Jewish? Why, why did he have to be Jew? I saw Jew hyphen I-S-H, and he always identified as Jewish. Why do you have to go? That is so,
1: it's so imp- weird, right?
2: It's, fa- it's, it's fascinating what people feel compelled to do, and as if this would never come out. It's so weird, very weird.
3: Do you have no shame in the people well, who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington?
0: Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. He's Look a Republican, by Joe the Biden's way. La-
1: I don't give a crap. I don't care. We, we don't need people like this. I, he's going to switch to, to to partisan talking points. now. I want nothing else to. I, want, I don't.
2: You know what she's doing right now is very anti-Semitic, coming at him like this.
1: Terrible! It's really terrible. It's almost as bad as this. Hold on, I've got this. This this really put me over the edge. Here, let's listen. This this really got me, Frank. It's a uh, it's a trans woman experiencing her first intense period.
2: Why stop? <laughs> Is this thing, not hot? I swear to God, if anyone says welcome to womanhood, I'm gonna lose my
1: shit. So, this video of a trans girl experiencing their first period is floating around on Twitter. Um, period cramps, I should say. I, uh,
2: what, uh,
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know anymore. Like, what the hell is going on like feminists. That's a good question. Feminists fought for what? This this is all because of feminism, Frank. It's all because of feminism. The bastard feminist, excuse my French.
2: Yeah, but Tracy, what's behind the feminism? What's behind the communism? Who created both? Those are the questions you need to start asking. It might I, make you uncomfortable. Idiot but women, I would,
1: idiot women uh, hopped on board with this nonsense.
2: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Because they understood how easy women are to 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 manipulate in this way. Um, I I know many, many women have taken education very seriously, American civic education very seriously, and they've used their vote uh, very wisely. But you have to understand the 19th Amendment was also a wide net cast on a population of of the of uh, the country that they knew would vote for centralizing maternal uh communistic action
1: I had a great conversation with Viv the other day my daughter (laughs) this came right out of her I did not prod it or plant it or anything she said mom why we were watching a movie And it was about a woman who stays at home, takes care of the house, takes care of her husband, you know, does all that, that stuff. And she goes in the middle of the day, she goes to like her yoga class and then she goes shopping and then she goes to get, you know, the grocery store and blah, 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 blah. She goes, why in the hell would I wanna go and work and slave away at a job for 10 to 15 hours a day when I could just do that, take care of my husband, Make sure he's okay. Take care of my kids and stay home. I said that's a great question, Viv.
2: It's and it's it is, <laughs> it is what it what is it's what is naturally chosen. Not for every I mean there's always there's always going to be the Ronda Rousey's out there. There's always going to be the Rosie the Riveters, but they're the exception, not the natural rule. I mean that and that's and it's okay for that to be okay. And, and it's just nature.
1: I uh, I love taking care of my husband, making sure he's fed, making sure his beer is always full, making sure he has a sandwich when he wants one, making sure that he doesn't have to look for things when he needs them, that everything's like, I like that. I take pride in that as a woman. I like it. I like when men open the door for me. I like traditional gender roles a lot. I want them back. I do. You know, I don't think that we should be barred from working or barred from voting for goodness sakes, obviously, but I like the traditional family. It's funny because this Nick Adams posted this yesterday, Frank. I drink my coffee black. I eat my steaks rare and seafood raw. I lift weights. I eat my chicken wings hot. I take my shots without chasers. I like my beer domestic. I sit with my legs spread wide open. I read my Bible nightly. I am an alpha male and no, I won't apologize for it. And I said, well, shoot, this makes me an alpha male too. Because because I'm an interesting sort of a woman woman I think but I think a lot of our female listeners will agree with me that we you should tell
2: you, you, should, tell, uh, you should tell Viv to look read the literature from anti suffrage women the, the anti suffrage <laughs> movement by women you should read it it's it's incredible
1: I've seen some of that I've read some of it and, I, and it was always a topic I wanted to dive more into it really it's was incredible because a lot of them didn't want this
2: <laughs> and, and it's not only that too um, but we're talking again federal action the 19th amendment women were voting all over the country uh in that that stuff was happening already on a state-to-state basis that women were representing districts in in Congress they were elected to office so uh, of course we were given the the deconstructive uh socially, deconstructive view on how bad things were and and all that other stuff but yeah it, it's a topic that's worth exploring it's just it's very 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 hot button very hot everybody has been very closely married and fused to that kind of world view and and that that version of history so it, it's hard to get through without people getting emotional
1: and they're coming for me already just just for merely speaking about wanting to make sure my husband is well fed and taken care of. You hear it?
2: Who's that? What?
1: They're coming for me. The sirens. Oh, oh the sirens? Oh, you don't hear okay. It? Anyway.
2: Well, you're 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 in trouble.
1: Okay. We're going to move on from there. They they did the sentencing um yesterday of one of the Kidnapping, kid the the men who plotted to kidnap Whitmer, and I had a Julie Kelly thread up here because I wanted to. She's been covering this from the beginning. She can't. But the, the judge basically teed it up for an appeal the way he handled it. Um. So literally, they convicted him. He was sentenced to 16 years. Remember, it was the FBI that planned the Governor Whitmer kidnapping attempt. She wrote the column here. Target of FBI's Whitmer fed napping hoax sentenced to 16 years. After repeatedly praising the FBI for its work, U.S. District Court Judge Robert Jonker on Tuesday sentenced Adam Fox, one of two men convicted of attempting to kidnap and kill Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020 to 16 years in prison. The U.S. attorney had sought a life sentence for Fox arguing his conduct amounted to an act of domestic terrorism. In the government sentencing memo, prosecutors compared Fox to Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh. This is just gross. And the uh, perpetrators of the Boston Marathon attack in 2013. So this guy who lived in some dilapidated apartment basement under a store or something with no running water and no facilities at all, who was enticed and paid and pampered and, and, you know, entrapped by the fbi to to commit a kidnapping he never would have thought of on his own in a million gazillion years is now sentenced to 16 years and it's yep and so i'll put this in the show notes there's one more thing frank unless you have a point on that
2: no 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 it's just that's uh that's what we pay for
1: i want to briefly touch on a case that we've talked about a little bit before it's the joshua adam schulte case schulte is the one who was now convicted of leaking the cia vault seven files to wikileaks schulte okay cia vault seven files to wikileaks mm-hmm. um he denies it they ended up getting him because they said that they found child pornography on his computer
2: how convenient
1: yes they found this child pornography in the page file. This makes no sense. I just want anybody out there who understands computers knows that makes no sense. They did not get him on the WikiLeaks stuff. They got him on child pornography on his computer when he was 19 years old, years and years and years ago before he was even an adult, okay? That's what they got him on. Putting all that aside, the case was mistrialed first because he, they didn't prove their case. Properly, the government. It went back to trial. He was convicted the second go around. He's been in jail this entire time. The things that are happening now, because there's more counts, they're trying to now put him through on the pornography, the child porn issue, and and an assault charge they slapped on him too in Virginia. So it's a big mess. Very long story short, he's he's representing himself now um, with a public defender co-counsel who is advising him that didn't take the case on. It's very complicated. But long story short, he is preparing his own defense. They keep on searching, like, executing search warrants on this guy and taking all of his discovery over and over again. So he goes into a skiff to be able to do all this on a a laptop that the government has provided. Before he goes in the skiff, he is basically strip-searched you know, everything taken from him. It's all on camera. Every, there's guards posted there watching him. He goes in to write his defense and his discovery. He has all his materials. He has everything that's privileged for him. Do you know that the government actually alleged and accused him of having child pornography on the government-issued laptop he's using in the skiff to prepare his defense? It's implausible that that could be. Huh? Yes.
2: So does that mean that? Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So that he he was he was given he was already in trouble with the, with the law. Yes. And he was given a computer and a quiet place to go prepare his defense. A skiff. Okay. So while he was in the skiff with a government issue computer to prepare his defense with no internet he he took oh with no Oh, okay (laughs) (laughs) if he
1: had
2: if he had internet i was going to say wow this guy needed that child porn so bad
3: that he even
2: was cruising the 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 dark net or wherever you go for that stuff in a government skip with government uh equipment
1: they took his laptop away from him he, he's not been granted a new one. They literally gave him a typewriter to do his reply briefs on. He's filing things that are handwritten. He's been in solitary confinement. I mean, this guy, wow. what he's going through right now in this case, whether he's guilty or innocent, is inhumane torture, the likes of which I have not read about since the January 6th defendants. It is absolutely incredible what's happening to him. I'm, I've been keeping up with this case. I've been reading it, um, reading all the filings, reading everything that's going on. There are a bunch of like, all, I don't want to say, I don't know if you've ever heard of Empty Wheel. Have you ever heard of Empty Wheel? No. Left-leaning Spygate, like better than Seth Abramson was, but left-leaning Spygate theorist. I don't wanna say conspiracy theorist, but more of that. And then inner city press, everybody's filing because the the government keeps trying to seal all these things. Like it is, they're getting involved in it now too. This case is not, this case is a big deal that nobody's talking about, but this poor kid is basically suicidal in jail. Saying he's going to kill himself because it would be better to than than dealing with what he's dealing with. The judge won't even like would barely grant him mental health counseling. It's
2: and how how long how long has he been there for years? How long has this been? See, this is one. This is the scary thing. You and I and everybody in this audience, for the most part, has just been going about our lives since Vault Seven. Think about how many years ago that was. Now think about how many stories, how many trending topics. How, how we have gone with the ebb and flow of the news cycle and, and with civilization at large, our lives have just been going on and there's people like this who have just been trapped in hell. And so many more people who are in uh, even more lamentable positions that we don't even know about. I
1: know, I know. It's, 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 it's years, wow. It's terrible what they're, nobody deserves to be, he's not, He's innocent until proven guilty. We'll put it that way. He's not been convicted on this pedophilia charge with any, which honestly, they tried to do this to Cheryl Atkinson's husband, okay? This is how they get people. Am I saying that he's, a, I'm. the facts of the case have not been pled out yet. He was running a file server where people shared um, different things, like you know, it, it's a complicated situation. I'm not saying that the guy just gets like I haven't seen that part of the case been played out, but what they're doing to him for a political, like that the intelligence community is ta- attacking this guy. He was a CIA asset or CIA intelligence officer who didn't like the sec- the lack security that was going on inside of the CIA. Who went to the uh, IG. Inspector General to talk about those things and then was targeted by, and the CIA needed some scapegoat for the Vault 7 leaks, which James Comey could have stopped if he would have just entertained a conversation with Julian Assange. Remember, Julian Assange said, I won't drop this Vault 7 stuff if you'll take this information I have about the DNC leaks. He said, no, they dropped the Vault 7 stuff. Biggest leak in CIA history. CIA needs someone to pin it on, finds this guy, Joshua Schulte, pins it on him. He claims he's innocent. He's now been convicted in a a court of law, even though I don't agree with that conviction by my opinion.
2: And he managed to sneak child porn into a government skiff on government uh, approved property with no internet.
1: It's absurd. It's absurd. And he even writes out, this is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. How in the hell this man would have done this? It's impossible. He even goes through in his filings, the technical reasons why it's impossible. This is no slouch that doesn't know what he's doing. He was working for Bloomberg before he was arrested after leaving the CIA at a very high level. Young kid, very bright. Anyway, that's all I've got on that. But I'll keep following it and keep on updating folks about it because.
2: Interesting. I didn't even know what was going on.
1: Yeah, it is. Hey, guys, um, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Frankie Val on the drums and
1: Beans. You can watch Frank's show every single day at 7 p.m. at quitefrankly.tv, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can see us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday here at 8.30 a.m. live on Getter and Rumble. Or you can catch the podcast at 2.30 p.m. on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back on Friday with more, right, Frank?
2: Later, yes.